0: This episode of 12-Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12 and the best business phone services chosen by U.S. News and World Report. Nextiva helps companies all over Pac-12 countries stay connected with customers and coworkers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business and get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more. Offer a fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls every day. Visit Nextiva.com 12-Pack to get started. Nextiva.com 12-Pack. To get started.
1: Oh South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world famous two-time chips and feel the power! It's a new game, yes it is! For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all!
0: Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pack 12 football news, the home of the Beta Rank College Football Statistical Model. And this is a Sharp College Football Podcast, and I am joined, as always, by Rob Barron. From Sharp College Football, we are going into week eight, Rob. Week ra- Week eight already? Week seven. Not going to lie. You beat me for the first time this week. I'm going to unveil the curtain a little bit. You got me, Rob. <laughs> I mean,
1: it's funny because, like, last week, Beta Rank had the best week it's ever had. You know, with an absolute error against the the actual scores, um, it was below ten and a half, which is incredible. And then this week, it was it was it was quite high again.
0: <laughs> I um,
1: that's on all the games though. Like,
0: I'd like well, I'd like to apologize to our listeners right off the bat, and I'm going to blame this on being on uh, what is literally, well, maybe not literally, but almost literally, the worst designed airport in the history of humanity um, the Dallas Fort worth airport. I just think the bad vibes that were just hanging over that, like a cloud over my head made me choose gunner crows, uh, gunner crews on the road against Colorado. Uh, that was a disaster. I-, I apologize to everyone, to everyone's pets, to everyone's families for, um, for even daring to take gunner Cruz uh, in any type of game, uh, anywhere. <laughs> so that was pretty brutal, Rob. Um, but that is not, uh, well, did you have, are you going to atone for your sins too about this or, or are you going to
1: stand by this? No, I mean, like it was amazing to see because he was worse against Colorado than he was even against BYU by like a lot. But also, I mean, the final score, I mean, it was bad. It was, bad. I mean, Arizona was horrendous offensively. But like there was a there's there's this weird alternate universe where Arizona goes into the half like leading seven to six like it just yeah, a, is true. What a weird I mean like the wheels totally came off in the second half with a pick six and a block punt for a touchdown <laughs> just comical comical uh, after in in the second half for Arizona then of course the quarterback tears a ligament in his thumb yeah. uh, to top it off but right before he throws the pick six like definitely should have just come out of the game.
0: So, and we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about that game a little bit more. Cause I'm, I'm just confused. Like
1: there's well, nobody I better picked UCLA and I talked to you in UCLA. Oh
0: yeah. Well, good. All right. It all evens out. So, you know. I mean,
1: it wasn't all, I mean, like it wasn't all bad. Like.
0: I took Colorado. Anyway, Wait, we, we can go. This, this is like the worst week I've had in about two years of doing the podcast. So I just came out. It is funny because I ended up four and two on actual bets. So I did okay there. But more it was just like the um, – I, I just felt dirty. I felt filthy um, after this past week. But we will go into all that action. And we will preview all of the Week Eight games. Um, let's get the monkey or the grill out of the room here now. And that is uh, Nick Rolovich was just announced that he was fired from Washington State University after um, after knocking off Stanford and previously uh, I think they knocked off they knocked off Cal. So that team was that team was doing pretty well.
1: Three, uh, three but, wins in a row actually And yeah. then
0: and, and like, I kind of like them against BYU that, that bet is now off of the board there. You can't gamble on it in some books right now, but obviously big news out of Washington state. And, um, where does the program go for here? Rob, Who, who's the head coach and you know, what do you think?
1: So, uh, per reports, <laughs> um, Jake Dickert is your interim head coach. He's your defensive coordinator. Their defense has been, uh, I mean, and we have talked about Excellent. really since yeah. Alex Grinch left, their defense has not been very good. They're at 28 in beta rank right now. They're really good. I mean, Dickert has done just a phenomenal job. Um, so there's, uh, there. I mean, the, and Dickert, if you're a Washington State fan, I, I think I mentioned this on Twitter last week, you definitely wanted. to, Dickert to, to be one of the coaches that had been vaccinated and that would stick out the season, um, per reports from, uh, you know, the, the local Spokane paper, um, Craig Stutz from Theo Lawson, Craig Stutzman, um, who's their QB coach, Ricky logo, who is their defensive tackles coach and the offensive line coach, Mark Weber all looked like they were walked out of the football building. Um, Looked like they were also carrying all of the stuff from their offices and had been terminated. Um, But that may mean, I mean, like your best case scenario if you're Washington state coming out of this is that Dickert's there, you got your play caller on defense, um, your offensive coordinator stays on um, and you have some continuity of play calling. And then um, you're just sort of filling in with grad assistance as programs do you know i mean like arizona state is <laughs> was going to you know, say promote, c a s u yeah yeah i mean like you you if you have to fill in cuz some guys get suspended or fired like you you reach into the bench of graduate assistants who have been there and know the system and the and the coaching um so you that's your that's really your best case scenario i think if you're a you know a Kooks fan is definitely the dicker still there um i mean if they if they if they go on a roll he he might have a shot they're yeah He's definitely he's done well enough. He's a really interesting name where if you're a Wazoo fan, you're kind of hoping they could find a way to keep him on staff. Oh, um, yeah. Or
0: even I mean, I really wanted to take Washington State in this game. And we can talk about this a little bit later, like the actual matchup. But oftentimes when a team fires its coach, uh, C U S E, USC, um, the team tends to play better the next game. This particular instance, I don't know if that's the case when you have so many coaches, you know, it's normally just the head coach. When it's the head coach and a lot of the coaching staff, I think that's when you can get a little bit of chaos. From the long-term perspective, I mean, Dickert was good at Wyoming. Dickert has done a great job here at Washington State. I mean, what he's done in like the last year is quite amazing. I mean, I just, the defense is good. (laughs) It sounds weird to say it. The and but I don't know if he has the chops from a recruiting standpoint, any of that stuff. But I, th- you know, not only just keeping him on staff, but I think, I mean, does Washington State consider him being the guy there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if look, you know, you never, you kind of never want to find yourself in a position where you are, you know. I mean, I I'll say this, like, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say like Ed Orgeron, right. But like, I mean, cause he, he ended up, you, you do win a national title in that scenario. But like, you know, there's a lot of instances where guys sort of end up getting the job and then it doesn't work out right. Like they, they're a player favorite, that kind of thing. I, I really think if, if Dickert, you know, if they do well, I feel like they should just get, they, they should give him a look because, yeah. Um, you're just not gonna find too many guys that could come into the Palouse and put together a defense like this. Um, you know, in his second year. I mean, this is an incredible turnaround. Uh, you know, with with you know, a lot of the players that were still recruited by Mike Leach and that were awful. Um, you know, and they and they really just you know, they fell off a cliff after Grinch left. So you you should definitely give Dicker a look. Um You know, like, I mean, I I think even if they, even if they struggle just because, you know, because if they struggle, it's likely to be more on the offensive side of the ball. I think Dickert's done a good enough job. You can tell he has the ear of the guys playing on that defense for him.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: So, but I mean, like you're, but you'd be, I just feel like you're, if you're Washington State, you are going to find yourself in a position where you are, you know, you're going to be hired. You're not going and dialing up and like (laughs) getting somebody that's like. You know, at the top of the, you know, at the top of anyone's call sheet, right? Like, you know, the guy that's probably the best name that I've seen kicked around for this job is Jay Norvell from Nevada, right? Oh, yeah. But if you got Norvell, he'd be awesome, if you pair him with Dickert, because his offense, which he has Hal Mummy's kid as his offensive coordinator at Nevada, is actually getting going, but the defense hasn't been great <laughs> for the Wolfpack. So you kind of like I mean it's it's one of those like you're just like, but after you get past that, you're gonna start running into guys that are power five coordinator, you know you know, type guys, or maybe like a Brent Brennan. I saw that name kicked around. I was a little surprised because he is, he he had one good year at San Jose state and it was last year and it's not been that good this year. So like, but I mean, you might as well, like if you're going down that road where you're already giving coordinate, like power five coordinators, a look, right? Like you might as well go with the one that's already doing a good job on your staff. If in particular, like if you interview him, you know, or he comes in and he's got a good plan to revamp the offense. Um, and it may be just say like, Hey, I think guys are going to get the run and shoot. We should stay the course. But like, you know, if, if, if he thinks he can get there and he presents a good plan and, or maybe he goes out and makes a plan to hire somebody like where you should not like, is if he comes in and says, listen, I'm going to install the North Dakota State offense. <laughs> it, hasn't, it works great for North Dakota State, but hasn't translated well for Kansas State or Wyoming at the FBS level. Um, that's where you might draw the line. Like if he's willing to come out and say like, Hey, I want to go air raid or, you know, like, or I want to stick with the run and shoot or, um, you know, I want to hire like a Billy Napier disciple to come in and run that offense, you know, uh, up here or something like that. Like if he's, if he comes in with some interesting angle and he thinks he can get somebody good to, to be the OC or like, you know, Washington state could even outpay Nevada. So if Dickert came in and said, Hey, let's hire mummy, <laughs> mummy junior, let's go.
0: Yeah. No, and, and th- I think that is a program that needs uh, s- something different, right? It's just so difficult yeah. to recruit there. And there's some places – like Oregon State's a good example of this. You don't necessarily need a gimmicky offense, but you do need a coach that's a good fit. Um, and if you can't quite find that coach, like go, go with a gimmicky offense <laughs> because um, it's just going to help. And I really – really liked the way that Washington State was moving the ball up and down the field the last three games. I mean like you could tell that the offense clicked. You could tell that that Rolovich realized, oh no, I made the wrong decision for quarterback and he made the right one um, with putting delora in there. And that program was rolling a little bit and uh, you know, but but it is what it is. He made his decision and the university made their decision. And um I'm just you know, well here's one question for you. Do you think that the offense for Washington state has the same cohesion, even though their offensive coordinator is still on staff, or do you think that more went through Rolovich?
1: It's so here's the tough one for me with the Washington state offense right now is that, I mean, when we've seen them click of late and they have, right? Like it's been against pretty bad defenses. Cal doesn't have a good defense anymore, Oregon state. And then Stanford, um, I mean, they have definitely put it together more. Right. And, and Delora being in there, I think it's obvious that it works a lot better. Um, but I still want to, like, I still feel like I need to see, and and this week would be an example, um, where you kind of feel like they would, you might actually see that is against BYU, right? Like this would be where we get them with on a little bit of a step up, um, you know, and, and, the quality of the defense, like BYU is at least at 64 on defense right now. Um, you know, Washington state, like they should be able to put up some more points against, you know, uh, you know, like we would see if they're, they're starting to click. Right. But I do wonder about that. Right. Because like the, the run and shoot, at this point, really, they, they they still struggle to kind of put it together. Um, although they did run, I mean, they, I will say, like, they did actually figure out how to run the ball a little bit with Borgie in this last game. They're like, oh, yeah, Stanford can't stop to run. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do, like, I mean, that, that game was, did you watch? I will get into it. Like, listening to, the, like, I had to turn off the announcers on that game. Like, I was just so mad. Like, they knew so, they knew so little about football and knew so little about the Pac-12. It was just beyond madness
0: oh that's really frustrating yeah I, I watched this game but i had the sound off on it because i have the two screens going but um <laughs> i mean it is it like what, one one piece pushback with you on on defense um or like on going against stanford's defense i still think stanford's secondary is pretty good and yeah i know Del- that's what i mean yeah, yeah yeah and delora throwing up three touchdowns and like 250 or whatever i think he went 270 or 280 like pretty good now like to your point they were able to run the ball, which also could set up the pass. But anyway, it was yeah. nice to see, nice to see the, the, the Cougs really start putting it together. I hope, I hope they're able to rally and, and beat BYU in the coming game, but um, we'll see. I, I guess the other thing, Rob, before we get into the actual games is there's another, there's another vacancy open and it's not in the back 12. And, but I think it's going to impact what's going on in the conference. And that is uh, Ed Orgeron fired at LSU. And how much do you think that that, opening is going to have on usc's coaching search
1: yeah i mean that's i mean it's not often that you talk about two jobs that i think a majority of people would put in the top five or six in college football are going to be open at the same time right um and if you start going through the list of names right like and i and i think that there if you're going through you know and look like winning the press conference is one thing, right? Like, so um, there's definitely some folks that in my time, I thought, Oh, that's a great hire. That'll definitely work. That did did it. Clearly did not. So like, I am, I'm not Nostradamus of like predicting coaching <laughs> hires, but like there's, there's two names on there that I think are, you know, on everyone's list that you would say, all right, that's kind of a home run. Um, and that's Luke fickle and probably Bill O'Brien, who's just crushing it as Alabama's offensive coordinator right now. Um, and who has head coaching experience, both in college and at the NFL level. And, you know, I think really looks like a guy that, you know, looks like is, it looks like it's going to be he's going to be one season in Tuscaloosa. Cause after that, you start to get into guys that I think for both programs, right? Like James Franklin has, has some unpleasantness around um, the rapes that took place from some of his players when he was at Vanderbilt, both Ed are on, both LSU, which is being sued yeah. and USC, which is being sued just unlikely. I think to see Franklin maybe in that place, but urban Meyer's definitely out right in the, yeah, for that, for both of them. But you start, idea. yeah, I mean, but you start going down the list after that. Right. And like, <laughs> It starts getting after O'Brien and maybe fickle, it just kind of starts getting like, like it gets hard, like, it gets harder to see because like I think LSU, I think LSU's a better job than Alabama. Now Alabama seems like this amazing job right now because the person doing it is off the charts good at his job <laughs> <Yeah. right? laughs> but like LSU has more talent in state than Alabama. They don't have any in-state competition like Auburn. Um, you're literally right next door to Houston, (laughs) you know, like LSU. I mean, you could say you can recruit the same in in USC. That's true. But like, Man, people care. People just care more at LSU. <laughs> they just do, right? <laughs> than they do at USC. They just care a lot more. It just means more, um, Rob.
0: Like we saw when does, uh, Tennessee I mean, fans were throwing golf balls at Lane Kiffin. <laughs> <You're just>
1: like, <laughs> that's true. Well, there's one now. See, now there's one that there's like a name on there that I don't know if he's necessarily going to be at the top of what LSU wants to do, but he's not going to be on USC's list, and that's Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Right. Who is more um, than happy to jump,
0: as we have seen, as we have oh, seen yeah.
1: before. Oh, Lane Kiffin would take that job in a heartbeat. Are you kidding oh, yeah. me? Oh, but, but that's what like. But if you are, you know, you're going to see pretty much the. I mean, I hope. I mean, I certainly hope USC doesn't have some like completely different list than LSU. Yeah, But like, you're going to see a lot of the same names on those lists. Um, who who they're able to re- like? I mean, If you know if if who if Luke Fickle isn't waiting around, I mean, and I, I live in Columbus, Ohio, like a lot of the feeling is that he might be waiting for Ryan day to go to the NFL, but I don't think you could say no to LSU. Right. Like that's one of those ones where like, yeah, I mean, Ohio state me for the job I want, but I can't turn down a top five job. Right. Um, and the same, I go for USC. That's just, I mean, like it, it could come down to like, you know, LSU. I mean, and I think if, if if you ended up with one of them ended up with O'Brien and one of them ended up with Fickle, I don't think anyone should feel bad about where they ended up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, USC is such a big job that if LSU scoops up one of the coaches that USC was looking at, they're still going to have a really solid pool to pick from. And that's yeah. great. That's, I mean, if this was Oregon, I think it would be different because, I mean, you, there is a lot of infrastructure at in Oregon, but I do think that USC has... It's just a it's just a bigger job, and so they're going to be able to to fight for who they're who they're going to want to get. Even if they they lose that battle to LSU, they're going to have a number of other options, which is awesome. Like I'm just ex- I am ready, Rob, for USC to be good. Like I just want just want that to happen. Like we, I really really want USC to make the right hire for that program to really turn into what it's supposed to be, um, and to have another like actual you know, football playoff, even if they expand to 16 teams, like I want USC always to be in those 16, like, you know, under consideration. So, um,
1: Well, so I mean, I, we yeah. joked, I, you, you poo pooed me for saying this last week, but I mean, <laughs> then Oregon went out and played like they did against Cal again. <laughs> Just, like, <laughs> yeah. The conference can, I mean, this goes, this goes for Washington too. The conference can't have three talent drains operating at the same time. It cannot have three staffs that are going to recruit well and not do anything with that talent operating at the same time on the West Coast. It's not going to work, right? Like, so I'm not saying, like, we have a final decision on Oregon. Like, they there's plenty of time for them to turn this around and start to produce some results on the field. Jimmy Lake is going to have to make some staff change-ups in order to get there. Yeah, I think that's obvious us. at this point. <laughs> um, but, like... You can, like the, the conference simply can't have, you know, team you know, the three teams that are usually gonna be in the top fifteen, some of whom are gonna be in the top five, you know, top ten in recruiting, be this actually bad on the football field. <laughs> you just can't. Like you cannot you cannot have you can we can you cannot turn to and be like, Why isn't everybody else carrying their weight, right? Like what? Like Oregon State's gonna take like the sixtieth ranked class and like yeah, go really to the yeah. playoff, right? Like, come on.
0: Yeah. You need you need your big guys to throw that weight around. And um, so uh, we will definitely keep a lookout on the coaching search as it moves forward, but just one more piece of competition for USC as they're doing that. Rob, um, let's get into week eight and preview week seven, and let's do it right after this.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The
0: Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. A lot of fun games. I mean, last week was was quite interesting. Um, we, you know, we spent a lot of time in Rolovich and and um, you know the LSU and USC job openings. So let's skip the big picture stuff and we can talk about our impressions as we go through some of these yeah, games. Let's do it. Yeah, but in case like this is your first time listening, what we normally do is we'll go through the games that are upcoming and then we talk about how those individual teams did in the previous week. So Rob, where do you want to start?
1: Jeez. Geez. Uh... You want to, You want to start with? I, I think this is actually kind of an interesting, fun game. Utah and Oregon State.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. This is like another Pac-12 hipster game. And- <laughs> <laughs>
1: this, is, this, is, this is. This is. This is like a deep dive. This is like going and getting some vinyl and like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So okay, so one one thing I need to get off my chest, uh, and this goes out to the Utah fans, right? Because I had a couple people come at us, you know, crowing about how I picked, made the wrong pick, and oh how you know, oh suck it, Pac twelve, you know, like you know the pod, the all the Pac twelve podcasts, like t- I. Am- I have been carrying water for this Utah team for like four years. All right. Giving a little bit of slack. You know, if you're going to go yell, go yell at Ralph Amston. Go go yell at him over there at, uh, at the Pac-12 Fossils because I have been – and actually, I think Ralph's been pretty high at Utah also. But um, look, I made the wrong pick. And boy, howdy, did it look like the right pick for that first half of that game because ASU was just rolling. And credit yeah. to Utah. Like, right, I want to make sure to give all the credit in the world to a team that is putting it together and they just beat that tar out of ASU in that second half. I had money on this game and I like after a while, I just threw my hands up in the air. I'm like, well, I hope I, I hope they beat them by 80 <laughs> because that's what right. it's looking like right now. <laughs> what do you think?
1: No, I mean, it was amazing because like we talked about you know, like the Utah, you know, maybe rounding into form a little bit, um, you know, from some from some pretty like I mean, I I we're not wrong. I mean, Utah did not play that well in the early season. Um but I think this is true. And I, I feel like too often we find ourselves and I'm completely perplexed by this now when I look at teams like Oregon sticking with Anthony Brown, like Graham Mertz at Wisconsin. Um, Like I think cam rising at Utah is an example of like, you really have to have a quarterback that can execute your offense. Right. Like, um, and I mean, like we've seen this already, you know, in the pac 12, a few times this season with Tanner McKee, Arizona before Jordan McCloud's leg exploded. Um, You know, like if you find the right guy, you know, like you can make it work. Like Utah's offense looks completely different <laughs> with, <laughs> with cam rising and their operating things. And that's not to say like, you're right. Like they didn't have a great first half. Like they were held to seven points, but you know, they just, Oh man, they steamrolled ASU in that second half. I mean, not just off, like not just offensively, which was, you know, their offense is really improved and worth calling out. Um, but on, on the defensive side of the ball too, like they totally shut down. ASU um and found ways to really I mean in in a a really explosive Sun Devils team just struggled um you know didn't really put the put together no big plays really in the second half um and I mean but we also have to flip it around too like Utah absolutely came out dominant like ASU just collapsed um and I don't want to fall into like I don't want to fall into some like ASU's. ASU's only a first half team because of two games, right? Because of the Stanford game where they basically yeah. <laughs> won the game in the first half and then didn't show up. Um, but they really, I mean, they t- absolutely didn't show. Up. I mean, everything, I mean, everything that Utah did in that second half, they executed nearly flawlessly and everything like ASU had no answers whatsoever. And I do think at some level you actually like, that is what your coordinators and your head coach are there to do. You know, as your coaching staff is you have to make adjustments to what's going on. And ASU had no answers.
0: Oh no. And, and I mean, it would have been, uh, I have no place, uh, being in that locker room at halftime after what happened with Aaron Lowe. Um, so I understand, like, and I'm saying this in the most respectful manner, I still would have loved to have seen, right. Just from what, like what that speech was like, how that team reacted. I thought the, the celebration of his life, right. Like it was kind of, they, they were the, the university and, and his mom basically said like, I want you to play hard. Um, they handled that so well. And, um, and so it was really cool to see them come out and just beat the doors off of ASU in that second half so you have to think you know I'm, I'm just right like that's a private moment for Utah Utah's football program um it, it was just so you know whatever happened um it, it really did light a fire under the team and it, it also was ASU falling apart because that 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 offense looked awful like just terrible against utah but utah was running around the field doing stuff i thought you know, it was interesting that they kind of figured out that Britton covey was actually kind of good
1: <laughs> so they fucking, yeah. Like, like, oh, yeah i remember this guy he's been here nine years
0: and i thought you know Britton covey's like flexing on people like uh, you know on the yeah. on the sidelines and i'm like oh my gosh like this team is gonna win this game by 80 um but you know it was, it was a, a great win for utah i i we will talk about asu here because this is more about Utah and, and you know, ASU, well, actually, ASU has a bias. We'll we'll talk about them at the end of the podcast. Um, was there anything anything else that struck struck you about Utah's performance in this game, Rob?
1: No, I mean, I, like I, I want to just, I mean, Rising did have the two picks, but yeah, um, you know, like in the second half, he was just on, and it looked like he really understood the offense. The play calling was working. Um, I mean, this is, look, I mean, I I have, I have taken a lot of heat from Oregon fans that just assume that Andy Ludwig is, is a bad offensive coordinator because he didn't work out for the ducks, but um, you know, he's got a good track record and this offense looks like they're rounding into form. I mean, it's not as if ASU's defense has been bad. They've been pretty good this year. Um, So They, they really, he went out and had himself a a pretty good game. They were also able to really put it together, running the football. Rising, of course, is is dangerous on his own with his legs, right? He put up 59 yards rushing. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I think this Utah team is, um, I mean, and and oddly enough, because we thought, we thought Arizona state was going to be in the driver's seat after, you know, handling UCLA Um, no longer, right? (laughs) This, uh, This is this 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 Utah team is now in the driver's seat, and it's on them to get past UCLA. You know, later on in the season.
0: Yeah. So here's here's the thing that makes me worried, though. They're on the road. They go to Oregon State, right? You have two big wins, and I know that USC isn't that good, so I I understand. But that team probably doesn't understand, right? That's a big win for them, and it should be. And now, and I think they won at the Coliseum, right? The first time in like seven thousand years or whatever, (laughs) whatever the stat is. Yeah. so they, they knock off USC. They have this big win over ASU a ranked team at home. And now they get the Beaves. And the Beaves yep. are on a bye. And that stadium is a tough place to play. And it's gonna be loud. I just don't know if Utah is a buzzsaw or not. Um because there, there are like I think I think Oregon State's a fun team. Yeah. I'm not as sold, I think, as is as, as some other folks are on the Beaves. I think I think they are what they are, right? A, a scrappy team that's well coached and they're going to win some and they're going to lose some and maybe they'll go bowling. But at home on a bye, facing a what? like I just is, is Utah a complete team yet? Or was were those two inspired, you know, performances they, that they have? Because I think like Oregon state should be able to run the ball, but I've seen games where they haven't. Yeah. And I'm still not a chase Nolan fan. Uh, Rob, I think, I think he's good for a pick or two. Um, and so is cam rising. And um, so I don't know what, what do the numbers say about this game? I think it's the most fascinating one on the slate this week.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I so said like uh, right now, this is an interesting matchup because it's, it's with the, the home field advantage for Oregon state. It's a true toss up beta ranks got a 50% win probability. <laughs> um, you know, if this were on a neutral site Oregon or Utah would be favored by two, but this, uh, you know, Oregon State, like their 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 defense isn't great. I mean, they're I mean the overall team is at 29 in Beta Rank. Utah's at 24. Um, Oregon State's defense is at 73. Yeah. Um, so that's the watch out here. And they're at 61 against the run, 84 against the pass. Um, you know, rising. You know, this is this is a step down defensively from what he just faced in ASU, right? Like he, he should be able to, if they don't make mistakes to be able to, to really, um, you know, put some points up on the Beavs, you flip it around, you know, and this is where it starts to get kind of interesting because this is the number 11 offense in beta rank right now number four in the country in effective rush. I mean, they have really been able to run the football really well Um, where they have struggled, you know, is they've struggled when they, you know, they kind of had like Nolan against that game against Washington state. Those two picks killed them. I mean, that was that, that, that really did them in, you know, I think, I mean, you and Utah's got, Utah's got a good defense. They're in that, you know, Washington state range. I think they're, I mean, they're at 26 in effective rush, 28 in effective pass. I mean, they're not overwhelming against either, but they're competent against both, right? Um, but they're, they're where they really are, they're at their best as Utah defense is, is in explosive drives. They're number six in explosive drives. And that really is one of the things that really helped them because ASU's been pretty reliant on big plays, you know, offensively. They haven't been as methodical as you'd like offensively. This Oregon State team can be, you know, pretty methodical because this Utah team is at number 74 in drive efficiency. You can put together some drives against this team. Um, Oregon State is at number 18 in drive efficiency. And they are at 17 in explosive drives, but they're not totally reliant on them. Like they have some good numbers, you know, around the edges. So I think this Oregon State team is going to be better at running the football than, than ASU was. And I also think, I mean, that Richard White injury in that game certainly hurt ASU, you yeah. know, and, and, and Nolan can run the football on his own. I just, uh, you know, I think this game is going to be close. I mean, this is a really tough one. I mean, I think the line, I I mean, even though Betarank basically has, this is a toss up. Um, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I think a little bit like the turnover uncertainty, you know, makes this a really interesting game too, because both of these teams, can, like, and these quarterbacks can be a little loosey goosey.
0: So one one question for you on, let's see, I want what what's Oregon State's rush defense at?
1: One second, sixty one in effective rush.
0: <sighs> see that's a, so if you're taking if you're taking the Beavs, you're taking the coaching staff and the bye and a letdown spot. That's what you're taking, right? Because like on paper, yeah, Utah it's going to be, it has a better offense than the Beavs defense and at least their defense can hang with Oregon state's offense. Yeah. I'm going to take the Beavs. I'm going to take the three. I might be walking into a buzzsaw here, but, um, but you're, you're
1: you're betting on chaos, man. Like I'm not, (laughs) I'm not saying I'm not in. I mean like, but you are, because like, man, if, if like Utah were to go out and get punched in the mouth in Corvallis, like, man, Total total chaos in the Pac-12.
0: I think that's what they do, though, right? Isn't that what the bees do? Like they, uh, so like here's the thing. I think they'll be able to run the ball, uh, you know, enough to to keep the game. Like I think they're going to put up points, and it's just can they scheme and they can and can Utah keep the momentum going? Um, And yeah, I I just I don't like it, and I'm not going to bet it. But I'll take the three, and I think this is a weird game at Corvallis. I hope Utah wins. I want Utah to win this game. Well, I mean, it's I interesting, didn't... too, because
1: like, this isn't like the Oregon State team of a couple years back where you kind of have that thing of, like, do they believe they could come in and win this game? Like, they absolutely believe they can come in and win this game.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm with are... you. I'm taking the beefs. I, 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 mean, I, I, think it's, I think this game is closer to a toss-up than it is, You know, and is. I'll, I'll take the home field and coming off a bye.
0: All right. Max Meyer is smiling somewhere right now. He, this is a total Max Meyer pick. <laughs> you take a look at the spot. You're picking the team coming off a buy. You know, like you're looking at the you're looking at the numbers, but you're also looking at the intangibles. Um, all right, where do you want to go next?
1: Ooh, uh, I, you know what? Let's do let's do USC Notre Dame because I think like I, this line opened freaking bananas.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. This, so it's at seven now. <laughs> so
1: I know, oh, would... but even that, like, I think seven's low.
0: So here's, yeah, this is where I'm going to need your help, right? I've seen Notre Dame. Um, I watched them play Florida state who sucks. I know that Kelly plays games close. Yeah. But I don't trust this SC team. I think their defense is bad. I don't think they're well coached. Um, They've already lost a couple games so it's not like they have that chain like you know Utah my my fear with Utah is they're just getting started you know like they won their they right. won that game and they're they yep. and they beat USC and now that ball's rolling Where with USC like they just got hit in the face by Utah and now they have a bye. Yeah. <laughs> so they have time to prepare. After but...
1: getting punched in the face by Oregon State. And
0: after... <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, you know, th- this bye might just be the coaches going out drinking for seven straight days for all I know. I am. Um, so no, what... here's
1: why I thought this was so crazy. Because Like Bader Inc. sees this very differently. Right. Like this is this game. Um... Oh, hold on. I got to add in because um, Notre Dame's the favorite. Um, so Notre Dame, this is on on, all I, I have
0: to I have to stop you right now because I got a notification on my phone. Uh, so I got something from the, the Wildcaster, the Arizona folks. And it said uh, that Arizona is turning to Will Plummer and possibly Jamari Joyner.
1: <laughs> oh, that is, no. a pipe dream. that is a pipe dream. <laughs> anyway. We can talk about yeah. we should talk about that on the pod. That is a, <laughs> like I have somebody like reported that out today. And I'm like, the, the guy hasn't even been practicing. Like, you can't just like throw him. Yeah. 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 Anyway. All right. Go ahead. Um, so anyway, so Notre Dame is number 17 in Beta Rank. USC is number 55, um, but this is on the road, right? So like Notre Dame opened as like a four-point favorite, yeah. which means that Vegas had this as Notre Dame as only a 1.5 favorite on a neutral field. That's freaking crazy. <laughs> like, so <laughs> Notre Dame, their offense is not great right? Like they have the number 37 offense and beta rank. That's kind of on the wrong side of a middle of the road, power five offense. Um, but here's the thing that this offense does really poorly and that's run the football. But they're at number 11 in effective pass. Like, they've really been leaning into throwing the football around this year. USC's defense pretty much looks like they've quit. They're at number 95 in beta rank. They're at 113 in explosive drives. I mean, just so many big plays. Um, but they're at 110 in effective pass. Hmm. Like, they're, they are horrendous. They are giving up. 2.18 points per drive. That's an unadjusted number, but that like they are giving up just an incredible <laughs> points per drive. Um, and then what's what's interesting is like Notre Dame's defense is kind of rounding into form, and I really like their defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman. He came over from Cincinnati. Um, they're at 16 in Beta Rank. They're they're where they're really turning it up though is in three and outs, turnovers, negative drives. They're at number four in negative drives right now. They're at number six in effective pass. Hmm. And, and USC's number nine in effective pass, but they're only number 30 overall in beta rank. Like, this just lines up so well for what Notre Dame is good at. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I mean, this is not some Notre Dame juggernaut team. It just lines up really, like, USC just lines up so poorly with what they do well versus what Notre Dame does well.
0: Okay. So Notre Dame, are they going to be chucking the ball down the field? When you say effective pass, are these like short passes, intermediate passes? Or are they, are they just gunning it down?
1: So they, the, like they tend to be more of like, a, a, like they try to be more like short, a short passing team. So they're at 16 and drive efficiency only at 35 and explosive drives. They rely less on, you know, big plays, but this is going to be, I mean, Notre Dame to this point has already faced far and away, you know, better defenses than they're going to see against USC. They have faced Wisconsin already. They have faced yeah. Cincinnati already. <laughs> like this Notre Dame team, this USC defense, there's nothing about this USC defense. Like I mean USC probably needs like two turnovers to cover. Not to win to cover.
0: I'm just looking at their offensive production. 32 Virginia Tech, 13 Wow, they did th- they 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 dropped 41 on Wisconsin. I forgot about that game.
1: Yeah, so but a lot of that was Wisconsin imploding turnover wise. Okay. Um so they had some real short field and some, you know, defensive touchdowns late in that game.
0: Gosh, but USC's defense sucks. And you said Notre Dame's uh secondary is number 9?
1: They're at number 6 in effective pass.
0: Um all right. I'll I'll take I'll lay the 7. I don't like that. I don't like it, but um I th- I think, I mean, like when USC's offense sputters, it just looks awful. And Brian Kelly has a good coaching staff. They have some time. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is, you know, Notre or USC being on that, that buy, but they're on the road. That atmosphere. I don't, just don't trust USC on the road in like that type of atmosphere right now with this coaching staff. I'll, I'll lay the points. How about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think this defense has quit on Todd Orlando. So Yes. Oh, come on,
0: come on, Orlando, get it together, get it together. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, like, and it really like the pack. It's just like, I mean, the pac 12 right now really needs Washington state and USC to step up this week. And what are some of the few remaining non-conference opportunities the pac 12 has. And it's just like, neither of these teams, neither of the teams that are playing this week with the pac 12 have the same head coach. They started out the season. with. <laughs> so gross. Um, all right, where, where to next? Uh, I don't even like I mean, previewing BYU-Washington State just seems like a lost cause. You know what's an interesting one is that Cal-Colorado game. I mean, <laughs> I sort of interesting. I mean, let's save. Like, we can save the disaster of Washington, Arizona, and Oregon, UCLA.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. I mean,
1: Oregon, UCLA is not a disaster. That's the fun game. Game day is coming after for that.
0: Oh, shut up. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll see how many. we we'll see many UCLA fans show up to game day. It's probably gonna be all Oregon fans.
1: Um, it's pretty. I mean, as you recall from like when they came to like to Arizona, like it's it's early, right? Like it's early out on the West Coast. Like when they start.
0: <laughs> well, let's let's talk. So Cal almost beat. Eh, I mean, not about. It's almost beat Oregon, twenty four seventeen. You know, we said last week I would be more concerned about Oregon than optimistic about Cal if this game was close and it was close. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I guess, I guess let's get into this one. Uh, You know, what were your basic impressions about Cal and, you know, at least keeping it close against the ducks?
1: I mean, this was a, I mean, like I just like Oregon did turn the ball over twice, right? Like, so that did help keep this game closer than it should have been. But that said, like this Cal team has absolutely struggled. um, And this Oregon team just, just repeatedly could not, you know, put it together. Right. I mean, and it, it came down to the last play, the second to last play of the game, um, you know, where Oregon, uh, you know, nearly lost to Cal. I mean, nearly ended up going to overtime with Cal. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, tough. I mean, it's just the, this Cal team, Oregon should have been able to, to do more with what they had. I thought Anthony Brown missed a lot of throws. I mean, there were just, I mean, he was getting, I mean, he did have, and it, it covered up for, you know, he had some big plays on those last two drives, um, you know, where, or, you know, where Oregon scored, but um, or on those two Oregon scoring drives in the fourth quarter. But like, I just kind of felt like it, that covered up, well for what was a pretty anemic performance before that. I mean, they put up 10 points through three quarters, um, and he didn't look good.
0: It's gross. It's gross. Um, you know, Garbers, 247, two touchdowns. Christopher Brooks yeah. able to get some some you know yardage on the ground. I mean, I, I I don't believe in this Cal team, but I do think they can move the ball. And I guess like flipping it over. I mean, Colorado beat Arizona 34 to nothing. I so I I gotta be frank. So I wa- I sat down with my son to watch this game because I'm an idiot. Um and uh <laughs> so by so I, I watched it through in the second quarter and then the third quarter. And by the middle of the third quarter, we went back out and did gardening together because <laughs> it was just such a disaster. You had the block punt. you had just an awful, awful pick by Gunnar Cruz that ended up going back for a touchdown, and then the ball just you know, the the, the you pulled the string on the sweater and it collapsed. Um, I don't believe in this Colorado team once one bit. I mean, they scored was it two, two field goals in the first half. I think some of the, the yardage they got, like, you know, if you take a look at Lewis's numbers, they look okay, but one of those was like just a stupid 50 50 ball. It was like a 40 yard oh, pass. Yeah. And you're like, and it's funny because the announcer's are like, oh, look at that. You're know, like, I don't know, man. That's just a stupid <laughs> pass. Just oh, know It
1: up. was, it was, it was Yogi. It was Yogi Roth, man. Oh, like Lord it Almighty. was Mr. Sunshine. It was like, would you look at that pass? Like Brendan Lewis was challenged in this bye week and he's responded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did get two touchdowns, but I just think, I think Arizona fell apart at the end of this game. And, um, so I, I, you know, what, if, I mean, I really want to take Cal cause I just do not believe in Colorado. I think Cal, I know they're not good, but I think their offense is okay. And I think Colorado's defense, I, I still am a little bit more bullish on Colorado's defense than I think some other people are, but I'm not like a believer in it. Um, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I just think this is on the road, right? Do you trust Colorado one inch like to go on the road and beat anybody? Um, and score no. points. I think I think Cal's gonna move the ball down the field. They're they're gonna win this game. I'm gonna lay the points, but what do the numbers say?
1: I mean, so right now Beta Rank's got this as Cal at 80 overall, Colorado's at 94. Um Cal's offense is at 79. And and Colorado's defense, you're right, is, is far and away the better of the two units. They're at sixty-one overall. Um, but one of the things that like on this Cal team is like What's hurting them is drive efficiency, right? Like they just make mistakes. They're able to put up yards, and if they can stop shooting themselves in the foot, they're at 112 in drive efficiency. Mm. Um, but their per yards, you know, their per play type metrics, their explosive drives, the play efficiency, the negative drives, those are all pretty good. Um, they don't have a big run pass split. What Colorado is is they're definitely more like they're number 30 in effective pass, number 86 in effective rush. I mean, you can run the ball against this Colorado. Uh, defense, you know, if you if you want it. Um, but I mean, or if you're not Arizona. <laughs> but on the other side, I mean, Colorado's offense is still at 118, um, you know, 126 in explosive drives. I mean, they're at 78 in effective rush, but 120 in effective pass. Cal's defense is bad. They're at number eighty four overall. Um, but you sh- they should still, you know, be in the range to be able to shut down this Colorado um you know, this Colorado offense, I mean, beta Ranks only got this at seven and a half, mm. um, you know, in there. I, I mean, I, it, this, oh, but it, it's interesting because this opened at 10, I thought, or at least nine. It's come down a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um, and I, I could see that. So like the, I think what, what gamblers are taking a look at is you can score in Cal and at least Colorado will be able to run the ball to keep it close. Um, but what's that split there? You know, Colorado's rushing offense against Cal's rushing defense, because the secondary Cal's, isn't going to matter.
1: <laughs> yeah, Cal's rushing defense is at 82. I mean, Colorado is at 78 in effective rush. Um, but of course, you feel like I mean, at least Cal should be smart enough and talented enough to like just sell out against the run,
0: like force loose. You know, I nine is a lot. Um, but I don't trust Lewis on the road. I think Cal can put up points. Mm. I'm almost talking myself out of this because nine is a lot. uh.
1: That's just what worries me about this is like nine just feels like a lot for this. A one in five.
0: Yeah. Uh, No, I'll, I'll lay him. I'll lay him. I think Cal's, I think Cal's offense is a little bit better than the numbers if they that could. or
1: Oregon's got a bad defense which uh newsflash
0: oh yeah woof
1: okay yeah I'm, I'm gonna take the buffs like I'm I'm gonna call me crazy it's like this is one of the ones like the numbers tight with Vegas like this is this one it's like I it's just ever so slightly for Colorado but I'm gonna I'm gonna take Colorado
0: okay all right um you just took Brendan Lewis on the road just, just giving you it's one more chance. It's that kind of a season, man. It is that <laughs> yeah. kind of a season. No, you're. This could, you know, I, I think Cal wins either way. I don't think this is where Colorado yeah. pops up and gets anybody. But um, I could see a scenario where it's just an ugly game, and Cal can't get it together on the offensive side, and Colorado's just rushing the ball over and over and over again. So I could see that. Yeah. I could see that game, you know, being strung out a little bit. I
1: mean, so. they, I will say, like, they do. Love, I mean, I think if they have their druthers, like Cal would prefer to throw the football, which is what. What you know, Colorado's better at.
0: Yeah, Colorado's going to want them to do that. Okay. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on that. I don't feel great about it, but um, you know, we'll see. All right, we got three more games to cover, and let's get to them right after this. All right, we're back, and Rob, we we got to get to the good game. We can't, we can't, we can't lead with Arizona, Washington, or BYU. No, no, no. Let's
1: let's. i in. Mean, let's do it.
0: <laughs> uh, Oregon is a two and a half point dog on the road at yeah, UCLA. They
1: opened as a favorite.
0: Yeah, that that line, boy howdy. People did not want any part of Oregon um going to UCLA. Oh, I move fast. So I mean, so you like you mentioned game day is here. I I almost wonder like I think I don't want to just keep going the way the wind blows with Oregon. So I'm I'm interested in taking and laying the points if like I don't think UCLA is that good. Um it's just is Oregon as bad as we think they are. And they're getting points. I don't like, what did you think when you saw this?
1: I mean, I was surprised when I saw the line um, with Oregon as a favorite. I figured it would finish, I, th- I figured the, the opening line would be even at best. So I was surprised that on the road, Oregon was getting points because that would mean that, like, I mean that would mean that they would ha- they would have oregon as maybe a f- almost a five point favorite uh at ho- you know at home <laughs> like or on a neutral field i mean you know i'm sorry yeah almost a almost a five point favorite on a neutral field, and i just don't see that um you know i don't think this u c l a team is you know like great by any stretch of anyone's imagination um but they're decent right and they <laughs> And they, you know, that they did just go in and and beat Washington. Um, And they do have a win over a bad by LSU standards, but like, what an LSU team that would be good by Pac-12 standards (laughs) this season. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, this is an interesting. I mean, Oregon comes in right now. I mean, their offense is at number 50 in Beta Rank, right? I mean, they are. Struggling, right? They're number 32 in effective rush, so they're better there. But they're at 79 in effective pass. Does UCLA defense is better against the run than they are against the pass?
0: Yeah. What's the they're, run
1: defense? They're at 50 in effective rush and 81 in effective pass, which I mean, like, look, I mean, I think, I think Oregon's going to be able to run the ball, you know, and move the ball here. But if you flip it around, I mean, this Oregon defense stinks. I mean, they're at 48 in beta rank. You know, they, they. I mean, they're now their per play metrics are a bit better. They're at 24 at explosive drives. They're at 12 at play efficiency, but they're at 63 at negative drives. Like you can put together drives and put up points against this team. They're at 43 in effective rush. The one thing I would say, and, and I think this is true, I don't think that they're great at getting off blocks and necessarily like disrupting. The other team's offense. I think that they're good at making tackles. I, I like. I think we noticed that against Ohio State. Um, you know, this Oregon team I think can make a tackle when they need to. Um, but they're at 55 in effective pass. I mean, this UCLA offense is at 35 overall. They're at 13 in effective rush, 76 at effective pass. But you you know that coming in, like they're not going to try to beat you through the air. And Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to run it himself. I just, this is a tough. I mean, this is a really tough one for me because I just, I don't. It is hard to have a lot of faith in. It's hard to have a lot of faith in either of these, teams, I know. really. Yeah. Like, but I, just, I just, I was surprised, and I mean, the and and that line, that Oregon line, flipped in a hurt I mean, like uh, all the sharp money came in when when people saw that in on UCLA. I
0: just don't know if this is, if you're selling. Oregon at the low point. Because you I mean you're right like so cuz I don't trust UCLA's offense. I think their rushing defense is is decent and you mentioned that he was at top 25.
1: Yeah, they're they're wait, the UCLA's rush defense? Yeah. Um 40s. You said no, 40s. They're, they're in the 50. Oh. Their pass defense is at 81. Um, so they're really struggling to defend the pass right now. So the the run defense is better though. But the like Oregon's good I mean, like or that's the only thing that's really working well for Oregon because Brown is struggling to distribute the ball.
0: And I, I've never liked the rush def- or rush offense anyway. Yeah, I mean, but is there like is there a world where Brown? I mean UCLA's uh, UCLA secondary is just bad, right? So if there's I mean, one if there's one time where Brown moves the ball down the field, it's got to be against the secondary.
1: Look, here's the here's the way I think that Oregon like just comes in and beats the pants off them. And that is Brown struggles for two drives, throws two picks and gets yanked and Thompson or Butterfield comes in. <laughs> Right. No, no. Cause like, I just think, I mean, we just, I mean, it's just, it's maddening to sit and watch and, and look, I think I have real questions about this Oregon defense. I don't care how much like five stars all over the field and injuries and whatever. It doesn't matter. Like you shouldn't be this bad. You just shouldn't be this bad. Um, But the offense, I think, I mean, we've just seen it too many times. I mean, they have a lot of really talented players. They have a very good, well-coached offensive line it just comes down to they just don't have the right trigger man running this offense for the second year in a row. Right. I mean, uh, and they, they, they should be more willing and more flexible to see what they've got on the bench to see if it works.
0: Yeah. UCLA is going to move the ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're going to UCLA should put up points.
0: And we don't know if Oregon's going to move the ball. Ah, God, I got to, I, I just, I feel so bad. I feel like I'm buying, I feel like I'm selling Oregon. I mean, mean, like, if this
1: was, if we were going off the opening line, like it'd be a no brainer. Right. If we were going off that, like, what was it? Like, was it Oregon minus two or Oregon minus four? Like that's a no brainer. Like you'd absolutely take UCLA on that. What is it at now? UCLA 2.5. I mean, that's basically like, but that I feel like is a little more reasonable. I mean, that's like the, the teams are basically even UCLA just getting the home bump. Yeah. But that makes it really hard to pick. I mean, that makes it a real hard game to pick. Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, br- I'll, I'll take UCLA. Dang it. I really wanted to take Oregon in this game, Um, but I mean like, well, here's the, and here's the reason why even if Brown has a really good game against UCLA, what is that? Like 250 through the air, like two touchdowns and then, and then they're just slogging out their rushing, you know, offense. Like I just, I don't like it, it could happen, but I think the likelihood of Oregon dropping 35 on UCLA is probably low. Um, even as bad as that that offense is, uh, as bad as that defense is, yeah, I'll I'll yeah. take UCLA. Um, I don't like it. I'm not going to bet it, but I'll 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 lay the points at home. Good lord, I'm I'm taking Chip Kelly. I don't I don't like it, but what what about you?
1: No, yeah, I mean I uh, the like I got to trust something in this game, and I trust the UCLA rushing attack, and I trust Dorian Thompson Robinson's legs, and. No one seems to literally no one's like Greg Dulcich is going to have like three or four big catches and two touchdowns because no one seems to be able to figure out what, where, how to cover him.
0: Yeah, that was the, it was perfect timing too. In that game, we should talk about UCLA and how they played against Washington. Yeah. They, they basically flashed the stat. Oh, Greg Dulcich has no yards right now. And then immediately gets a touchdown and like a 40 yard pass. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like there he is. There he is. They found him. Um, yeah. UCLA beat Washington 24 to 17. This game was a little closer than I thought it would be. There was that key interception. It was a great interception. It was a bad pass by by um, what's his face, um, Dylan Morris, but just yeah. a beautiful interception too by UCLA uh, to really take the game away, and that was a really big turning point. But like, I mean, I mean, I I thought I thought UCLA played fairly well. You know, DTR did what he needed to do. And, um, I love the, especially on the ground, right? You had Charbonnet, you knew he was going to get the yards, but, uh, DTR yeah. just was in control with, with his legs. And, and I, I, anyway, I, I thought that they were pretty good. Washington, and here's what gives me a little bit more pause, um, or like confidence taking UCLA against Oregon was Morris. I thought Morris might have 250 in this game. Um, yeah. 184, one touchdown, two picks. And, um, I mean, it's like how, how much better is Morris than Anthony Brown? I don't know. Like, I mean, here's, Brown's here's going to make good decisions though. He'll make the right decisions, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, here's what the thing. I mean, like what UCLA does well, isn't necessarily coverage. It's they, they're, they, they bring pressure. Yeah. Right. Like, um, and so if Oregon can pick that up, like Brown, there should be big plays available there. Uh, but what's interesting is, I mean, and I don't think Washington has a great offensive line. Um, but they just could not run the football no. <laughs> against yeah. against this. I mean, McGrew had 2.1 per carry. I mean, that hurts. 18 for
0: 38. Holy crap.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a that is a that really hurts. Um and you're right, like Morrison. I mean, this was this was really the 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 really big tell on this uh this Washington. Um, you know, team is like the, this, this, uh, this offense, I mean, the defense took a little bit of a step back because teams are figuring out, you just need to run the football against this Washington uh, defense. But this, uh, this Washington offense, it's, you know, it's at 76 overall. And, you know, they didn't do any, I mean, UCLA doesn't have a great defense, but they sure shut Washington down. Yeah.
0: And and like to Oregon's credit here too, right? Like the the play calling is going to be exponentially better with Moorhead than it is with John Donovan, but right. you know, but I think the talent wise. Yeah. Eh, all right. Anyway, you, you know, UCLA, congratulations, a nice win on the road too, by the way, um, against Washington and, uh, and cash that ticket. So God bless you. Um, okay. Where, where do we have to go next? We have Washington state and then we have Arizona, Washington.
1: Let's, well, so we already did the Washington game and we already did the Arizona game. So let's do it.
0: Okay. Washington state is a, I mean, they, they took this number off the board, but it is still, you can find it some places is a three point underdog at home against BYU. And again, we talked about all the, the coaching, you know, the coaches that are going to be out of this game, but so I'm, I'm curious what the advanced stats stay here because, um, I mean, BYU, like, is that, is that offense good, Rob?
1: You know, they're, they're, they're a decent squad. I mean, to, uh, Beta Rank has this as a two point BYU favorite um, on the road coming in here. Um, this BYU team right now, the offense is pretty good, right? They're at 32 in Beta Rank. Um, they're at number 20 in effective pass, number 48 in effective rush. Um, they're gonna have. I mean, this this Washington State defense is quite good. They're at 17 in effective pass. They're at 28 overall, 52 in effective rush. So at some level, this is gonna be a little strength on strength. I mean, this should be this should be a, a real fun matchup to watch.
0: What happens when you flip it? Because I'm just curious what Washington State's numbers are in offense, because they seem to be humming.
1: They are, but they're really struggling because they haven't put up big. They haven't put up good numbers against the good enough defense. Yeah. They've like, we've talked about, yeah. they've kind of had some bad, you know, they've, they've kind of been picking on some bad defenses out there. Uh, their offenses at 80 overall in beta rank, 100 in effective rush 47 in effective pass. Uh, BYU is only at 64 on defense. So it's not as if there's some juggernaut like that. It will be a little bit of a step up from, you know, some of the defenses Washington state's been picking on. Um, But what BYU does really well is they don't give up big plays. Um, And that's like, you know, like they're going to try to make this Washington State team be consistent and drive the length of the field. It just feels interesting. Like, I I think one of the things when you continue to look at this Washington State team, what they struggle with offensively, um, and it worked for them when they were able to run the ball a bit this last is they're just, they're not quite as consistent. Like, they don't have, for as much as they throw the ball, they don't have the completion percentage you need. To continue consistently get drives going right, and they're not putting together enough big plays to make up for that either. Um, and that's sort of my you know concern about them. Right? Is like, yeah, they can put up some points, and they can they can definitely you know, and especially like they're helped by the fact that their defense is usually going to put them in a, a you know pretty good spot. I mean, if if their defense has a good game here, like I I think that they could keep up with BYU for most of it. This should be a tight game.
0: Yeah. If, if Rolovich was still the coach, I would take Washington state, but I don't know what that offense is going to look like. And when it looks bad, it looks awful. So I bet I do like their defense though. I don't know if they can hold the whole game though. I'll take BYU. I don't like it. Um, dang. I, I I really wish I would have seen both of these teams, you know, fully staffed and everything because I think it would, it could have been a real good win for the PAC 12 and a good win for Washington state. And it might still be, I mean, Washington State's defense could just really turn the screws, and and maybe they they're still able to march down the field. But I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll take BYU. It's kind of a bummer. Um, I I hope Washington State wins. What do you think?
1: No, and it's a tough one too because Hall, you know, as we talked about, yeah. and has, has come into play in literally every game against the Pac-12 team. His mobility is is trouble, right? Like, um, you know, then. You know, I mean, BYU is coming off a tough, a tough loss against a pretty good Baylor team uh, that's really putting it together offensively with BYU's former offensive coordinators, their new OC. Uh, I don't think Washington State's anywhere near in that Baylor offensive category. Um, I, this is, this, this, the, like, I, I would love to be able to take the Cougs here, but it, it the line feels about right. I think Hall's legs make a difference. I'm going to take the, Coug- the other Cougars, the BYU Cougars. <laughs>
0: you know what? I'm, I'm going to switch. And this wasn't because you took BYU, uh, BYU. I don't, I don't trust like the more, like, cause the more I think about this, right? Um, you're right. Hall is, I think Hall's going to score, but who else on this BYU team is going to score? Like, I just, do you trust their wide receivers?
1: Uh, I mean, Nakua is good. I mean, they've got some talented players.
0: They do have, yeah, it's that Puka.
1: I just think if you flip flip it around here, and let's say instead of instead of the Washington State defense giving their you know offense short field, what if it's the BYU defense who's able to limit Delora and that offense? And give the BYU de- offense short field, they're gonna score points. Even as good as Washington State's defense has been, if you if you continually give a pretty decent offense short field, they're gonna put up points. Like you said, like if it was like if they had fired their coach for like the normal, re- like I mean, like that crazy. Arizona UCLA game all those years back where like after they fired Mike Stoops and Arizona, like rolls out the desert swarm, double double, you know, the, 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 the double flex Eagle defense and yeah. like totally shocks UCLA and beat him by like 30. Like, yeah, that stuff happens. <laughs> but I just, this has a totally different vibe to it. Like, uh, to, to how Washington state may show up. No, they may show up pissed off and want to take it out on BYU. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Gosh darn it. I'll I'll take the points. You know, like because I think this is going to pop up a little bit more. I might even get to 5. Um but I'll take the 3. It's at home. The, the bummer is I mean, it's it just all-
1: feels it feels crazy that we have to pick against the line that they just pulled. So maybe we reserve judgment and announce our pick after if they re- repost the line on it.
0: Yeah, I'm curious what it is. I really want like I really wanted to take Washington State. I think some of the pieces are there for them to make this game competitive. It's just more as the coaching staff going to be a bunch of like, you know, like 21-year-olds <laughs> trying to trying to I mean,
1: just be a young guy. I mean, he is he's a young guy, but he he coached with Craig Bull, and he was uh, I mean, he was on some pretty good Wyoming teams before he came over.
0: Yeah, turn those screws. All right, I'll I'll take BYU, um but I but I would like to take whatever the number is once it's back up. But if it's 3, then I'll take 3. Um, or I'm sorry, Washington, let me take Washington state. I'll, I'll take the three, but I'm going to reserve, I'm going to reserve judgment. If I get two more points, I'm going to take them. Are you still going to roll with BYU?
1: Yeah, I'm going to take, I mean, if, if, if on that number, if it gets up to like seven or eight or something, I'm going to, I want the other Cougars. I want the, the 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 Pac-12 Cougars.
0: You should you middle it. Yeah, I got you. you yeah, it's a mean... <laughs> <laughs> that's <was> great. <laughs> no, all right, I'll give you 3 and then um, you know, So you know,
1: like there's a there's a game. If you got the opening line for this Washington oh, Arizona game, um, it's probably going to keep getting pushed up a little bit and you could you could go for you could maybe middle it.
0: I got it late. Yeah, let's let's get to it. So right now I have Washington as an 18-point favorite on the road against Arizona. Look, I mean, this Washington team is is deflated. Obviously, they're not good. But holy Moses, like, what is so? Okay, here's the here's like I'm gonna lay out the sunny the sunny side to see if Arizona does this. But it's also kind of a little bit perplexing because watching that Colorado game, you just go, you can't throw the ball. So why are you trying? <laughs> like, why don't you just run the? And I I understand like you know the rush defense for Colorado can be. Okay. And they got some good linebackers and, and like they have some interesting players on the defensive line, but th- just watching Jed fish call that game. I'm just looking at it going like, this is stupid. Like there's no way you're scoring any more points. So what are we doing here?
1: And that was, a, that was really fr- I mean, like he, he was too cute by half, uh, with a lot of his play calls.
0: And so you go, you know, if, if Arizona is going to cover and I don't think, I don't think they are. But if Arizona covers this 18 point spread, it's because they just run the ball and they don't do anything else. Um, and they could. And they're not going to be good at it. But if there's one area where you're going to attack Washington, do that. Um, because I think Washington's going to score. I think, I mean, Arizona's defense can be good, but I do think that they give up big plays. But man, why? <laughs> how many big plays does Washington have in them, Rob? I don't know. This game is weird.
1: I mean, I just I think this Arizona defense is like Washington. I mean, I think they're a year away from getting it. I think they're a year away from understanding the scheme. Yeah. Um. And and probably needs more players too. But like I think they're really a year away on the scheme. Um. You know, it's Washington's defense is at 76. Arizona's at 104 on or offense for Washington. 76. The defense for Arizona is at 104. Um. You know, like Washington is is far better. Throwing the ball than they are running the ball. Not saying a lot. They're at 43 in effective rush and 97 and I mean 43 in effective pass, 97 in effective rush. But Arizona is full on bad at both. 96 in effective pass, 1 of 6 in effective rush. Um, You definitely feel like this is a a big, you know, a a game where you potentially have, you know, some big, you know, big numbers from Washington's tight ends. Um, Arizona's offense is plummeting. With McLeod out, um, they're at 115 right now in beta rank. Um, they're at 114 in effective rush, 93 in effective pass. I mean, they're going to have to line up and run the football. They just have to not be stupid about it, like they were against Colorado, which was they they just continually tried to find ways to get the ball to the outside, and Colorado just repeatedly shut that down. For like there were so many plays that Jed Fish called. That went for negative yards, <laughs> and, and when they just tried to get north south, and in fact they put a fullback in, it kind of worked. And I'm not saying like like Arizona's going to have to line up and run the football against Washington. It's your only option. It's also what Washington does the worst. They're at 69 in effective rush. That's really bad. Mm. 18. But I mean, the defense overall is good. They're at number twenty-three in, in beta rank overall, number five in effective pass. I mean, I if you're Arizona, like if you're Washington, I mean, and we say this every time, and Washington never ever adjusts. Like, bring the safeties down, slow down the run. I mean, Washington should absolutely do that. Like, what's what's freaking Will Plummer going to do?
0: Yeah, eighteen.
1: <sighs> I'm taking Washington. Beta rank has this at twenty-one.
0: I get it. I, I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna lay the points too. The one thing that gives me pause is Arizona just runs the ball over and over, and Plummer gets like hits, like two play actions that are not even big plays, just enough to push that ball down the field to keep the ball out of Washington's hands. And how like how good is Washington's offense?
1: They're they're what did <sighs> I
0: having, are, Yeah, yeah, sixth- they're, they're sixth- Yeah, they're in the sixties. Cause they're not so they're
1: 76 I mean, overall.
0: I mean, there is a world where they just stall running the ball, you know? And I mean, like yeah, oh, I mean, the
1: total for this game, I mean the total, the, the overrunner, the total for this game right now is what? Like 40 something, 44. I mean, this is like, they're basically like planning on Washington having a bunch of really short fields.
0: Yeah. I'll lay the points. I think this is one where, where they, they are a li- like, I can see this being where John Donovan gets a little bit more aggressive. Right, like, all right, we lost again. You know, like they opened up the playbook just a little bit um, when they lost to Michigan. And who did they play? Where they just put up some points? And Donovan kind of pointed to it. I think that happens again here. I, I kind of want to take the eighteen because it's so many points. But um, I just don't I mean, trust.
1: Why he, This opened at fifteen. Like I think that's crazy.
0: I think Vegas is saying like that. Okay, this this particular thing could happen.
1: But well, you know what you can tell with these Vegas numbers right now is on the opening lines as they're coming out is there, there's, there's definitely some recruiting sort of early season projections still in these numbers.
0: All right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll lay him.
1: Like they had app state as a favorite over coastal Carolina. Yeah. Coastal Carolina is going to boat race app state. Oh, unless they turn the ball over a bunch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. I'll, I'll take Washington. Um, but I, 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 Don't think this is a slam dunk, though. I do think that there's a chance where Arizona covers because it's just a... Don't watch this game. Like, do not watch this. It's going to be a dumb game. Um, But it could be a dumb game where Washington wins, like, 28-7. to Damn. Okay. All right. I'll lay him. Are you taking Washington, too?
1: Yeah, I'm taking the Huskies. If Arizona somehow covers on this, like, it's going to be the stupidest, most unwatchable crap game. It is. Washington's going to have, like, (laughs) three turnovers. It will just be beyond dumb football because yeah. you know like you just know in your head like there's just like there's no like hero ball will plumber or arizona suddenly figures out even as bad as washington's run defense is and it is hot garbage um there's no way arizona shows up and can suddenly just run the football down washington's throat or something like that like this is yeah,
0: yeah. they've been bad you're right they've been bad at running the football um, okay all right i um so again one more one more question here uh special teams what's uh what are the special teams for both of these teams
1: Oh, huge disparity. Washington's at 21. Arizona's at 118.
0: Yeah, give me a pump lock. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's give it two in a row. Let's do this. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Cool. Well, Rob, that was it. We hit everybody. Um, anything else? Anything else to cover here?
1: No, I think we're good.
0: All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, we will... Um, we will be on Twitter this week. Uh, I was out and about. I mean, I was watching the games, but I was at my dad's house and my, or my parents' house and um, at our house anyway. So looking forward to getting back on the Twitter machine. Quite fun to do these games. Uh, there's some difference between Rob and I this time. So we are in a, aren't in sync. And, uh, you know, and so, you know, when we come back and I'm five and oh on the on the week. We can celebrate that on week nine. <laughs> Rob, Thanks for coming on and we'll catch everybody next week.